Hey there, welcome to another episode of the Love Offering Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Adams, and today's guest is Pam Van Arsdale. Pam knew that God wanted her to glorify Him, but she didn't know in what way or how. So she began reading through her old journals in search of direction. The more she read, the more she was reminded of God's faithfulness in her life and the power of our stories. And she thought if she was encouraged reading stories of God's faithfulness, maybe other people would be too. This marked the beginning of A Million God Stories and paved the way for the Ring and Robe Prison Ministry. I can't wait for you to tune in as Pam shares about the importance of our stories and the common thread connecting them all. What's your God story? Hello, Pam. Welcome to the Love Offering Podcast. Hello. It's great to be with you. You were a professor at the University of Kentucky when God spoke to your heart to start something new. Would you share how your ministry began? Yes. Well, um, I had been a single mom for 17 years. And um, then I, I met a wonderful man at church and we got married. And I had been working full time during those 17 years. And uh, so I finally had a chance to take a break. And I began praying in earnest that God would show me what to do with my newfound time. And uh, what I felt like God was laying on my heart was to glorify him. But I wasn't certain, um, you know, we're, as all Christians, we're all to glorify the Lord. And I wasn't really sure um, in what way or how, what, you know, what that would look like. And so I had been um, writing prayers to God in my journal, just notebooks. I had filled notebooks for years. And I thought, you know, maybe there'll be some answers. I never read through those. And so maybe there'd be some answers in my journals about this. And so I just started reading over uh, the journals and there were so many wonderful stories in there of God's faithfulness and provision and how things that had seemed like such hardships in the time, how I had seen God work all those things out for good. And I had even for some of my prayers, underlined them and read when God answered the prayer and how God answered the prayer and put the date. So I just thought, wow, this is so faith building. I had forgotten I forgot how good the Lord had been to me and our family. And I wanted to share those stories. And I thought, you know, that would be a way to bring God glory is by sharing my stories. And I was just sure that other Christians had stories too. So um, what evolved out of that was creating a website called a million God stories, a platform for all Christians to share their stories about how God is, has worked in their life for the purpose of bringing him glory. So that's really how it started. It started a little over four years ago. And we now have, uh, actually, I just posted the 186 story right before wow. we got on the, yeah. right before we got on the uh, yeah. uh, podcast together. Wow. Yeah. So faith building. And I need to remember to, to sort of journal what he has done in my life as well, so that you can look back and, and realize he's always been faithful. Right. Uh, well, so as, as as an average, Americans spend an hour and 40 minutes browsing social media each day, and much of the content we consume, if we're all honest, is probably not very meaningful. So you are trying to change that through a million God stories. How so? All right. Well, we have a couple of social media accounts. We have a Facebook and an Instagram where we post 
uh, stories or parts of stories, quotes from stories. Um, and then, of course, we have the website where the full story can be accessed. And um, these stories are just uh, so positive, so encouraging and hope filled uh, that we're hoping that people will choose um We'll, we'll take a look at these stories and read them and that they will be encouraged. It's an alternative to kind of mindless flipping through social media or reading things that, that are really negative or even um, angry. And then, of course, we're in the middle of the coronavirus uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, shutdown, really, of our economy and our, our day-to-day living. These are historic times, and I know there's much panic and fear. And uh, the stories really show that God is in control, that we can trust him. Um, and, you know, there's just peace in that. So I think there's a, uh, when the world seems to be falling apart, when we, when we look back over stories that seem like in a particular person's life, things were hopeless and you see that God was there and God was working things out for good. That's just really encouraging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think you're exactly right now. And today's current times, our world is in desperate need of hope. So by sharing our testimonies, we're reminded of who God is and what he can do. So I'm interested to hear how he has increased your faith specifically through Mm -hmm. these stories. Right. Well, um, well, of course, the first thing was just reading my own journal and seeing how he had worked in my life, I, I um, write most of the stories. People are invited to write their own story if they would like. Uh, but most people would really prefer just for you to have a conversation with them and then write their story for them. So I've written uh, approximately 200, probably more than that, stories. Even though there's only 186 on the website, I've written a number of stories for our prison magazine. And then some stories are just never published for whatever reason. Um, and as I sit across from the storytellers and listen to their stories, uh, you can, you can often see, I often see their countenance change. I mean, they, they are telling sacred stories that sometimes they've never told anyone. And I know they're true mm-hmm. and they're so powerful. I mean, there's just something about, I could buy a book and I have books in my home about miracles and you know, and I read those books and they're encouraging, but when you're sitting across from the person that this actually happened to, and they're telling you about how God worked in their life in amazing ways, that is really faith building. Um, so I, it just, it has been a tremendous blessing for me to hear the stories and, and see the different ways that God works in people's lives. It's been just very, very faith building uh, to me. I just, I can't thank God enough for the opportunity to do that. You know, I, I would echo your sentiments, you know, just via this podcasting um, journey that the more women I talk to and hear their stories, it has done the same for me in my life. And another thing that, you know, through the women that I get to interview, I have started to realize that we really are all carrying something. And, and more often than not, we tend to mask the struggle we're carrying. Right. Right. So, so it's it's prompted me to give more grace to those around me because we really just don't know what people are dealing with internally. So what has hearing all of the stories that you have heard through the Million God Stories opened your eyes to? Well, I think it's made me be a much more compassionate, patient, and less judging person. Mm-hmm. Um, as you say, I mean, even people that appear to have everything together, everything going for them, 
um, they, they still have struggles and they're real struggles. Yeah. And, um, and then on the other side of that, um, are the stories that we're, we collect and the stories that I write for people who have at one time been in prison. And, you know, I think there's a, a certain stigma against people that have been in pr- prison, uh, maybe some judgment cast towards them, some fear, some lack of understanding. But uh, really in, in that, in, with those storytellers, that's where I have seen the greatest difference in my own heart because I am getting a, an inside glimpse at their backstories. And these are tragic stories. Almost always there's terrible abuse, terrible uh, life situations. And I, and I, and I often think, you know, man, if that had been me, mm-hmm. I, I would probably have been in prison too. You know, what right do I have to judge when they have had such, they're the victims mm. in so many of these stories. And I think, you know, as, as Christians and as the church, the corporate church, we just need to extend such grace and love and compassion and, and help for people who have, uh, have gone through these really rough times. Yeah, that's, that's a great perspective. You know, we really don't know until we're in somebody else's shoes, no. how, how we would act. So are there any common threads that you have noticed through the stories that you hear? Yes. Um, one of the common threads is that when people truly surrender their will for God's will, so you think about when you, when you go forward and you make your confession of faith and, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that a person completely surrenders their life. Yeah. Um, but when that happens, when a person either comes to the end of their rope for whatever reason and they just have no other help, or if there's some sort of event um, and they surrender their will for the Lord's and say, that's it. You, I want you to take over my life. I want to live my life for you. That is when you just see amazing things start to happen in their life. And it's just like the power of God is unleashed in their life. And they can begin to really do uh, powerful things for the kingdom of God. He will work through them in ways um, that are just uh, wonderful ways. So that the power of surrender Mm -hmm. and what God can do with that. Um, Another is another thread, common thread is how God will use things that seem really terrible and bad and hard times and how he will use that for good. Mm -hmm. I see that over and over and over again. And that's one of the things that's helping me get through this uh, current Mm -hmm. state of affairs that we're in now. I'm always now, my eyes are always open to, so what's God doing with this? What's he going to do with this? Keep your eyes open for how God's working. Because even though it seems like it's horrible and there are many horrible things. God can be weaving something really beautiful in the background mm. that could really help people. So bringing good out of bad, beauty from ashes is another theme. Um, another theme is that, um, well, I, that the power of Christians uh, in helping other people. So for example, with the stories, um, with the people who have been in prison, uh, often they, there's always somebody that's continues to pray for them. There's someone that continues to pray 
for their deliverance and their salvation and that they'll turn their life around. So the power of prayer seems to, seems to be a common thread. And then the other thing is when, when Christians reach out and do something, even what they might consider to be very simple, like one of the storytellers said there was a group in his uh, really rough neighborhood, a group of women that uh, had Sunday school for them and taught them Bible stories. And then when he was in jail, he later remembered that. And, you know, decades later, that seed that was planted started to grow. Another storyteller said there was a woman from a church who came and got him out of the projects and took him to church and played games and um, fed him and prayed with him. Um, and that that was the only bright spot in his week. And when she dropped him off, he went back to darkness. Mm. And when she moved away, uh, because she got married, it was the saddest day of his childhood. But when he was in prison, he remembered that she taught him to pray and he started to pray. And that was the beginning of the turnaround in his life. So, I think the message for me there is that as Christians, we have no idea how God might be using what we think as small acts. And we might not be seeing much happening mm -hmm. at the moment, but you just don't know how God will use that seed um, that's been planted in the person's life. So that has been another theme. And then finally, just the theme of uh, love. Mm -hmm. um, God is love. The Bible tells us that. Uh, but I just see uh, God pursuing people, not giving up on people. And then um, when people, the storytellers describe their experience uh, with God, when they have a supernatural experience with the Holy Spirit, they describe it in a very similar way. Mm. It's like the warmest hug they've ever had or the greatest sense of peace they've ever had or their, or their body is filled with light or they have a warm sensation. Two completely different, different storytellers explained it as like walking into a room of liquid love. Mm. I'd never heard that phrase before. Two people that had never met each other, but they explained it in different ways. It's just hard for people to quantify and really explain what they're feeling. Uh, but, but I get the idea mm. that, um, that his love is just so beyond our understanding and our ability to describe it. Wow. Oh, I love all those themes and uh, so interesting and so encouraging. You know, as we're talking about stories, we all have a life story, you know, whether we like the story that we've been given or not. But why do you think that we as people are hesitant to share our testimonies and, and why would you tell the woman who is hesitant to share her testimony to go ahead and have the courage to share it despite her fear? Right. Well, I think there's a number of things um, that might keep someone from sharing. They may, may feel like, first of all, they don't even know where to begin or how to write it. And we, we can certainly help with that. We can write a person's story for them. So that should not be um, an obstacle also, I think some people think, well, gosh, I don't really even have a story. You know, I don't have a powerful testimony. Um, and for that person, I would say um, you never know how God is going to use your story and what you have been through might really speak to someone else. So it's almost like an act of obedience and trust in God to share um, ways that God has worked in your life, even though they may not seem to be 
something that's earth shattering, there could be someone, you know, even one person that's touched by your story. That's important. One person is important. So just as an act of obedience and trusting that God will use it, asking God to show you what to share in your story. And then I would say there are times when maybe the story isn't quite ready to be shared yet. I mean, some of our stories are very sacred. They involve other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes the stories are not flattering about other people. And so, and sometimes the stories can stir up things in people, uh, the storyteller that, um, that can be difficult for them. And they may need some counseling to get through that, especially if they've never told it. Right. So, um, you know, I, I do believe, I believe that people should share their stories, but I also believe uh, to be wise and prayerful and, you know, to have perhaps a counselor to talk to about it. If it's something that's, you know, really a deep sacred or has been a very hurtful or traumatic experience to have someone to help you work through that as you're, as you're talking through it um, again is a good idea. Well, you've sort of alluded to this a little bit, but um, a lot of your ministry now is within the prison. And so, you know, your ministry has pivoted into sort of a new direction. So would you share with us the start of a ring and a robe? Right. So about two years ago, I was collecting stories for the website, just any type of story. And um, I had a story from a woman who had at one time been in prison and her story, her story had such an impact on me. It was so faith building, so hope filled. She said, everyone had given up hope on me, everyone. And then God just radically changed her life. And, um, I just couldn't get her story out of my mind. I thought, man, this story is so faith building for me. Wouldn't it be great to share this story with people who are currently incarcerated who really need hope Um, and they could you know they could really relate to her story so we we kind of uh, tossed around a few ideas about how to get the stories in the prison and we landed on a magazine so we now are um, collecting stories from former inmates Uh, we started in Kentucky which is where we are we're located in Kentucky and we Uh, We did our first edition in in 2018 of Ring and Robe magazine, uh, named after the prodigal son story, uh, where the father runs to the son and uh, embraces him and gives him a ring and robe to show him his place in the family, that he's welcome in the family and he is his child. Um, So that's, that's where the name comes from. We have about five to six stories per magazine so it's not a big magazine there's no ads Um, we always start with the apostle paul story who was in prison and we kind of have a modern day story there in the in the front Um, and then at the end so it would be for someone perhaps that might be familiar with the bible but maybe not and you can see at the end of the story that this individual writing this story as a fellow prisoner was wrote nearly half of the New Testament of the Bible, and there's the scripture references there. We don't have any ads, so we rely on uh, donations and grants. We send out about 4,000 copies of that magazine twice a year, once in the fall and once in the spring. 
Uh, we've done three Kentucky editions, and we're now moving out into different states. Uh, the last edition that we did uh, was uh, Texas, and then we are going to be doing uh, a Louisiana edition in the fall, and we're collecting stories for Indiana and Ohio uh, getting ready to this spring. So it looks like we might actually start doing three uh, mailings a year instead of two because the stories are really starting to come now. Wow. Uh, we're partnering with a churches and reentry ministries and uh, they're just very excited about you know finding and helping us get storytellers and uh, get these stories for the magazines so we send them into jails and prisons we right now we're, we're mostly sending them into jails and prisons in Kentucky we're in all 12 state prisons and in about 60 of our 80 jails in Kentucky but we're beginning to send them out in uh, in other states as well to other jails and prisons and different prison ministries throughout the nation. How have you seen God use this magazine to positively impact the inmates? Well, we get letters from them. I mean, I, I have I've gotten a number of letters from inmates that say um, the stories have changed their life. They see themselves in the story. They thank us for encouraging them. They want us to sing, send more magazines to them. They want to write their own story to encourage other people. Um, but the reality of it is we're sending 4,000 per right now, fall and spring. And uh, many of those magazines, there's one to a cell and there could be 10 or 20 people in a cell. So even though we're sending 4,000, we're probably, hopefully, uh, have been read, the stories have been read by thousands more people than what we're sending to. And, and I just kind of believe that uh, I have to look at this like what I was talking about before. I have no idea the impact this is having. Yeah, I do get a few letters, um, but I have to trust that the Lord is using these stories mm -hmm. in ways that we're not aware of, that it's, it is that he will multiply our efforts and that he will put those stories before just the right eyes at just the right time and speak to him, speak to them through the stories. And I pray that I pray that prayer every day that God will use them. And so really um, a lot of it is just trusting God to use, to use what we're doing to help people. Mm, I believe that too. So if, if the listener today would like to share her story, how can she do that? Well, she could go to our website, uh, which is a milliongodstories.com, and there is a place on there. Uh, there's a there's a pl place to contact me, so there's a contact page. You could contact me and just say, I would like to share my story, and I will email you back, and we can work out the details. Um, if you don't live anywhere near me, we can always do it over the phone. Um or if you, if you wanted to write your own story, there's a place on the website where you can submit your own story. Alternatively, you could just send me an email without even going to the website. And my email address is pam, P-A-M, at amilliongodstories.com. So you could just send me an email and say, I want to share my story. What do I do next? Mm -hmm. And I would reach out to you and then we, we will work out the details. I think it's important for people to know that when I write their stories, um, I, I send them the story 
and I get to review it and edit it. Um, and so that, you know, so they're comfortable. I want to always make sure that the storyteller is comfortable with sharing their story. And sometimes people change their mind, even if at the last minute, they're just, they don't feel ready to share. And we always respect that. You know, we always want to honor the storyteller and their feelings and you know, when they're ready to share, we are ready to partner with them to get their story out, but we don't want to push. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, what about if, if the listener today would like to support prison ministry, how, how can she do that? Well, if the listener would like to support the prison ministry, they could go to our website and there is a place to donate. There's a little donate button on there. Alternatively, again, you could just email me at Pam at a million godstories.com and say, I'd really like to uh, donate and, and we could, you know, I could send you our mailing address and you could just mail it. Some people don't feel comfortable donating online and that's fine too. So if they just wanted uh, to send a check uh, by uh, regular postal mail, that would be fine as well. How do you think that we can best love those in prison and, and the families of those incarcerated well? Well, I think there are a number of things we can do. I think the first thing is a heart issue uh, because getting our heart right and looking um, at people who have been in prison and who are currently in prison in a compassionate, non-judging and loving way um, I think that is the first and most important step. Um, there are a number of organizations that um, things like Alpha and Prison Fellowship, national organizations that people can get involved in that um, actually go into prisons and do Bible studies and have mentoring programs. So you could look up programs like that, national programs. You could talk to someone at your church. Many churches have prison ministries. Um, and there are also a number of re-entry ministries um, that are always looking for people to partner with them. So when, when people get out of jail or prison, they're faced with an enormous amount of uh, so many challenges. It's difficult to find work because of the record. Um, it's difficult to find housing. Sometimes they don't feel welcome in places of worship. Many of them have had been very connected to the chapel in, in the prison and they have brothers and sisters in Christ within the prison system. And then when they get out they they just feel like, where do I go now? So inviting them and encouraging them to come into our places of faith, praying with them, um, just embracing them and just listening to them. Many of the women have had to leave their children at home and um, they worry about their children and, you know, what's happening to them. And that's been extremely difficult. So just lending a sympathetic ear, not having to solve all the problems, but just being a sympathetic ear and being compassionate. There's also ministries like Amachi, which pairs um, people with families who have um, family members in, that are incarcerated. Amachi puts... Um, individuals pairs them with children and families to uh, minister with them while their loved one is incarcerated. And I think those programs are wonderful as well. So there's a number of, uh, of programs to be involved in. And then if you know someone that's incarcerated or has been, 
you cannot underestimate the power of prayer, Mm -hmm. just continuing to pray for them um, and loving them. Gosh, this is such good information. And, you know, you are obviously a very loving and kind and compassionate person. So I'm interested to hear who has, who's modeled this well for you in your own life? Like who, who first comes to mind for you that has loved you well? And would you share how they have loved you well? Well, I had wonderful parents that were strong Christians and so loving to me. And they modeled generosity. Uh, They modeled self-sacrificial love. I never doubted that they loved me unconditionally. They also loved their neighbors. Um, So they were great examples for me. Uh, My own children are also wonderful examples to me of uh, in fact, my son is involved in the Amachi program, oh. um, and he's in seminary now. And my daughter is a very kind and loving person. So we we are very. Their father passed away when they were younger, and we are we are very very close. So the love that we share is just, you know, when you have love from 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 your family, um, that really gives you a, a strength. It, it, your cup fills up mm-hmm. and you can more readily share love when you're filled up with love yourself, I think. Yeah. And then of course my husband has been uh, there for me and very understanding uh, for the, the long hours and the travel um, that has been involved with this ministry. And then finally, I just have an, an unbelievable circle of friends who have been so supportive to me, some of them serving on our board and um, have just been so helpful in, in every endeavor that I have had. They've just been there for me. So they, they have also modeled love. Mm. Well, so you maybe mentioned before, but just to, as we close, how, how can listeners keep in contact with you? Well, um, I think the best way is, um, the best way would just be through email. And as I said, my email is Pam at a million Um, they could follow our, uh, ministry on social media, on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, they could definitely follow the new stories on, um, our website, which is a million I will say that we are in the process of, um, getting a new website designed. So if they look at it today and they look at it about three weeks from now, it's going to look really different. (laughs) Uh, So I'm very excited about having this new website. So just, just a heads up, it might look different if you look at it now in a few days from now. Um, But I'm also happy to give my phone number. If anyone would just want to call me uh, and talk to me, um, I I don't mind giving that out. It's 859-339- six, four, three, one. So if you just wanted to give me a call and chat about your story, or if that's a, you know, a better way, or you could text me and just say, you know, I'd really like to talk about whatever about prison ministry or sharing a story or donating or whatever is on your heart. Wow. You know what, Pam, as many people as I've interviewed, not one person has ever given their direct phone number. So if that doesn't tell listeners, not that everybody else I've interviewed has been fantastic as well, but just the, the your heart to connect with um, people and get their stories out. Um, 
Wow. I've never, I've, I, I haven't had experience with that for it <laughs> until now, but so thank you so much for being my guest today and, and for your heart to serve and love others. Well, I pray each listener is encouraged to believe in her own story and have the courage to share what God has done for her and in her for his glory. God bless you, Pam. Thank you so much. Oh, bless you too, Rachel. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode with Pam Van Arsdale. I hope that you are reminded of God's faithfulness through these million God stories and are also encouraged to share your own. If you're interested in today's show notes, you can head on over to at Rachel Adams author on Instagram or on Facebook. You can also find me by going to my website, rachelkadams.com. There you can subscribe to receive my weekly love offering newsletter. If you have been encouraged by this podcast, I would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite listening platform so that other listeners can find out about this love offering message. Next week, my guest is Deanna Wall. Deanna is the Associate Pastor of Cornerstone Nashville. Her passion and vision for our role in God's kingdom is contagious, and I cannot wait to share her message. But until then, I hope that you have a wonderful week, and as always, remember to lead with love. Mm -hmm.